Hey guys, I have a poem for you. Do you want to hear it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Senior citizens are the nation's leading carriers of AIDS, hearing AIDS, band AIDS, roll AIDS, walking AIDS, medical AIDS, government aid, and most of all, all monetary AIDS to their children. The golden years have come at last. I cannot see. I cannot pee. I cannot chew. I cannot screw. My memory shrinks, my hearing aid stinks, no sense of smell, I look like hell. My body's drooping, got trouble pooping, so the golden years have come at last. Well, the golden years can kiss my... Sent to me by friend Dorothea. (laughs) Oh, boys and girls. (laughs) Welcome to a fucking very special mini-sode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Okay. I take one exception to that. We all know Dorothea can screw. (laughs) She does. She did get around a little bit. Yeah. You know, girl gets down. So that's some bullshit. Um, My grandfather had the latter part of that, the super rhymey part at the end (laughs) on a sign in his wood shop. I think it's probably still there. What is it about? What is it about old uh, grandfather's wood shops that have the most ridiculous things in them? Yeah. My great grandfather had like this hunting shanty that just had a bunch of like half naked women and just like weird <laughs> signs like that. Yeah. Uh, like, Moral oh, of the guess, story: so- old men are perverts. <laughs> <laughs> See now, if it's if it's those goofy ass sayings, I guarantee that comes from a family member. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, oh yeah. you can you can put this up in your shed. I guarantee, yes, you're a hundred percent right in this instance. My aunt Jill, I guarantee you, printed that out for him because uh, he does not have a computer or a printer. Um, so I guarantee you, she printed it out for him and he put it up in the on the wall in his wood shop. Yeah, but then if it's pervert shit, they put that up themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when there's like just like a stack of uh, you know sick bush monthly or whatever <laughs> <laughs> old dudes subscribe to that's all him unpruned um, hedges <laughs> they appreciate it that, that's you know? the highbrow version of it. Yeah. <laughs> my grandfather your grandfather subscribes to unpruned hedges mine subscribes to sick book sick bush monthly <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, um, if you haven't guessed already with the uh, quote from from Dorothea, we are going to talk about uh, we're going to do something very special. We're going to talk about the first episode of the Netflix crew, crew, crime, true, true crime (laughs) series, the worst roommate ever. Um, And then Meg actually uh, coincidentally owns a cookbook by the murderer, <laughs> as one does, uh, and has prepared a yummy um, uh, dish from the cookbook, which mm-hmm. is, um, sh- we are recording virtually here, because as I'm looking outside, it is uh, almost April, and it is a fucking blizzard conditions outside right <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fucking smart so weather. cool, cool, cool. Uh, so Meg is just going to enjoy her yummy snack. Mm, um, so good. And just taunt us with it as I drink cold coffee um, <laughs> right now. So, 
Um, cool. Do you, Meg, you're way more knowledgeable on this. Do you want to do a, just a, like a little high level overview of like who Dorothea is and like what, wh- her, a little bit about her story? Sure. Yeah. And we can just like kind of talk a little bit about her like through the episode too. I think that'll be good. So um, if if no one remembers when we talked about on another mini episode, when I went down to New Orleans and went to the Museum of Death, this is where I saw the cookbook that Dorothea Puente uh, worked with Shane Bugby to put out and she had a bunch of recipes. So I was super intrigued right off the bat. And that was, that visit was probably the first time I ever heard of her. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, she has an interesting story and it just kind of worked out that Netflix also did a story about her. So it's really awesome. Um, So Dorothea Puente, she was um, a convicted serial killer. And in the eighties, she ran a boarding house in Sacramento, California and murdered various elderly and mentally disabled boarders. Um, and then also by proxy, she was stealing money from them, stealing their mail, like the whole nine. I mean, that's the biggest crime in my mind is stealing mail. That's a federal (laughs) offense, guys. (laughs) Top tier, top tier. She should have been at least convicted on that crime. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So, um, yeah, yeah, she's an all around bad, bad person. She's not cool. She's not nice. She's weirdly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so so uh, if you haven't already, again, spoilers for, for this here um, Netflix uh, crew crime series, TM. <laughs> um, spoilers but, for this real life event. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for this thing that happened on the earth a long time ago. In case you uh, missed it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's just... Eating ham. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like sitting in front of me, and, and I'm actually, like, "I love ugh. ham so much." Um, I actually <laughs> may have ham. I have some ham and bean soup. I'm gonna a leftover that I made the other night that I'm definitely gonna eat right after this because now I'm craving ham. Yeah. Side story: <laughs> there is a market near CNC Malt out in Butler that mm-hmm. I go there every time I'm working up there to get a hot ham and cheese. But mm-hmm. last time I was there, they had ham salad, and I almost bought it for you. But Oof. next time I won't I won't make that mistake. Yeah. So Ben sent me uh, earlier um, today uh, or this morning a sign for uh, Portman's Flea Market, which I don't know where that is. And it just has like, you know, one of those signs where you put the letters on themselves, you know, mm-hmm. like what the specials are. And all the sign says is ham salad weekend. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I want every weekend to be ham salad weekend. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I would say um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion Ben ha- is is kind of the architect of what our next showdown episode is going to be <laughs> because he suggested it somehow influenced Steve's randomizer wheel I to mm-hmm. pick it. I cannot then, explain it. And I then put it into magic. the list and it came up. <laughs> then influenced everyone to vote on it and it won by a landslide. So mm-hmm. if you didn't listen to last episode, um, Ben is slowly taking over our show and manipulating I us from the I think that was inside. a collective win because I think this was more so Jen actually yes. pushing everyone to vote. She was like, that, please don't ruin my life. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So that's what my question was. Who is this? Who is this? The, the squatch squatch squatchaholic? I don't know who's what do you call somebody who's into squatches? Yeah, I think squatchaholic is fine. <laughs> I'd drink it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who among them is are both of them? Squatchers, or or is it one or the other? I'm I think, curious. I think Ben is more of the squatchaholic, but He's Jen 
Jen needs yeah. to keep the household happy. <laughs> See, okay. Yeah, Ben strikes me as she more of, the, of the squatcher. Yeah, he describes me more of a squatcher. Anyway, um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, Bigfoot Horror uh, is going to be our showdown episode for next month. So before we get into all this Dorothea craziness and, and murder and uh, pathological lying and ham, uh, let's talk about our picks for the showdown episode. Actually, Sam be drinking beers in front of him. Do we should we talk about beers? I have cold coffee. We are we are we are recording an un, uh, an unusual morning recording, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we've ever done before. So I have not dumped into jumped into the beers yet. I'm taking my children to a musical this afternoon. So perhaps should you sure be that's the, the right, dad right there. choice to like not be drunk? <laughs> Yeah, um, you we might start to just jumping Matilda up and in a that high school fun. musical. Yeah, um, we went. We took them a few weeks ago to the Elwood High School musical to see Willy Wonka, and they fucking loved it. Aww. So we're going to see Matilda because we got them a set of uh, Roll Doll books for Christmas, and we're re- mm. we're going through all reading. We're like obsessively reading through every Roll Doll book. So coincidentally, the two local high schools are doing musicals of Roll Doll <laughs> books, which is really cool. weird. I suspect Ben is also somehow involved with that. I don't know why. Um, I, now he's just the architect of my life, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're doing that this afternoon. But he's the anyway. true owner of Tubi. <laughs> The the Truby. The Truby. The one Truby. Are you a Truby? I think, uh, Brian, I think you are a Truby. I think you am. Yeah. I think I am. That might explain why there's so many Bigfoot movies on Tubi, though. Oh, my God. I typed in, it was, I mean, conservatively 45. Right. It's maybe more. (laughs) Maybe more. Um, in any case, are you guys drinking beers? We want to talk about them. Like I said, I got cold coffee. I have no beer in front of me. I don't have much exciting, but I did decide this morning that since I was cooking myself food for the episode, that I was going to pair it with a beer mosa. Mm. So I have Icy Light as the base, and I got Turner's Orange Juice to uh, couple that. Yeah, pretty bomb. Icy Light and Turner's, that is the most... That shouldn't even be called a beer mosa. That should be called like a, a Yin's mosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That we'll is the most Yinzer yeah. thing I've ever heard, maybe ever heard. It really is. You're eating a ham steak <laughs> and drinking a blend of Icy Light and Turner's oh, orange juice. picture. I didn't even know Turner's made orange juice. <laughs> I didn't um, either. It was at John Eagle. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you got it from John Eagle. This perhaps is the most single most Yinzer moment in the history. Yeah. If you were smoking like a Jenny Slim right now, Regina Slim, like <laughs> as you were eating it, it's the only thing that would make it more user. Um, cool, Steve, you got anything? I do have a beer. I pick, yeah. I picked the beer because it, it's a cherry beer, so I figured mm. that's like brunch, sort of. Yeah. But the, the, I got the cherry shoof. The old shoof. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. We used to... Drink, uh, drink the the hot was it Hoffenschuf mm-hmm. uh, back in the day like crazy love those beers love those beers now I want a beer you guys right. um, so let's get into these here squatching movies who wants to go first I have a top three mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to react to you guys <laughs> I think well here's the thing we might I, all have that same point. <laughs> I think yeah. we all have the same top three and then I. It just through research, because I think the choices were we could go with the top three or we do another one like we did last time with the Old mm-hmm. West movies. Mm-hmm. You know you're handing me a win if you do that, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm always down for slumming. <laughs> I'm always down for slumming. There's so, there's so much slumming, though, in Bigfoot movies. But uh, yeah. the, the one I'm choosing, I think, is actually a good one. I watched it. I said, this is a competent movie. It was actually <laughs> <laughs> the highest compliment of any 2B Sasquatch movie can receive. Yeah. It was. He leaves. Was, I'm satisfied. It was, this it was, is, in fact, a functional motion picture. Yeah. That, that's all I could ask for. Uh, yeah. But the movie is Exists from 2014. Okay. And uh, it's directed by Eduardo Sanchez, who is the director of The Blair Witch Project. Yes, mm. yes. This is this is always at the top of people's, you know, as I was doing a little research, squatching movie lists. Mm-hmm. Everyone, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was very confident. <laughs> he also was like, uh, he directed an episode of uh, that new show, Yellow Jackets, if anybody's watching that. Mm-hmm. He's got, yeah, he's got a lot of TV credits after after VHS 2 and yeah. exists. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I, I think it's a good movie. It's a competent movie. <laughs> And, you know, at the very least, I might just win a second vote. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see about that. We Um, shall see. Yeah. So I had exists on my my top list, like we kind of talked about, but I'm actually leaning towards Willow Creek. And that's going to be my pick. I'm pretty excited. I I like that movie from the first time I saw it. I think I tried to use it in another showdown, but it just wasn't exact. Oh, yeah. Maybe one of the first ones. But yeah. you tried to pick that at the very... Yeah, yeah like bu- the camp. <laughs> up here behind the curtain, before we recorded our very first showdown, Meg tried to pick Willow Creek as a ki- summer camp slasher. <laughs> I said, no, that's a big I, movie. No, but I was looking at it as camp slasher, and so I was like, well, they're camping. Okay, yeah. Steve. Right. All right. I does was the, a noob. I was a noob in this game, guys. Have, does the Squatch have some sharp blade that he's attacking with? You know what? I also would... I would actually attend a summer camp that was like Bigfoot themed. I totally would. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I'm not... I don't gravitate. I, I love gravitate. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't talk today. My brain is fully broke. I um, I love cryptids. I love, you know, mm-hmm. Mothman and all this types of wild shit. I've never been, I've never necessarily gravitated towards Bigfoot, Squatch, Yeti type mm-hmm. of stuff. It always I- seemed too cute. To me. Yeah, and yeah. I also think that was like the one that everyone knew about and everyone talked about. It's not like we're always bringing up the Boggy Creek monster or yeah. you know, and or like Wendigo Mon- or something yeah. like that, like yeah. Skinwalker Ranch and shit like that. I love mm-hmm. all that stuff. I just always felt like Bigfoot was a little bit too like friendly. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is yeah, Bigfoot yeah. your best friend? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? <laughs> he just he Did like he just looks you in the eyes when he shakes your hand. He's very polite. Um, that's that's a, it's that's a very Harry and the Hendersons bias yeah, from, our, from our childhood. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's probably very very. Right the movie, but yeah, that makes. Sense. Whereas every other cryptid is presented as a monster for the most part. Right. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's 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 very true. Uh, I'm sure that I'm. He's cute. He's lovable. He hangs around. He loves kids. You know that sort of stuff. Um, when in reality, uh, wild animal, murderous yeah. wild animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you guys have taken the two movies that I thought were quality Sasquatch films. So, mm-hmm. now this is happening, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I am going with a film from 2004, directed by a man named Dave 
Muscavige. Not <laughs> David Muscavige, the <laughs> leader of Scientology, although I feel like there probably is some link here. Because this guy Alternate is clearly, universe type clearly part of the Illuminati in some capacity. The film is called Suburban Sasquatch, boys and ghouls. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm going scorched earth, <laughs> nuclear option here. Yeah. And just, uh, you know what? If I lose, I don't care because this movie is so stupid and fun to talk about. If you like your squatches buxom, boy, you're going to like this fucking movie. Uh, the, if you like CGI blood spraying, if you like... Um, CGI pe- boulders. <laughs> <laughs> if you like this noise, <laughs> you are going to love this movie. It is free on Tubi, as you might expect. Um, if you haven't experienced it, here's what you need to do. Get an apple. Hollow that apple out. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, anything you can find to put THC in your brain. Do that, <laughs> then watch this movie and have the time of your life. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about Suburban Sasquatch. For those of you, those who know, know. Those who don't are about to be in for a goddamn treat. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, uh, I'm doing I the think... Lorb's work. <laughs> <laughs> is that Ben? Is that who your Lorb is? <laughs> Yeah, it's slowly starting to convince me that that's a, you, fast forward a month from now and he's got like power of attorney over me. He's like <laughs> raising my children. It's a whole thing. Kate's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, she's on board. She's forgot all about me. I'm in a dog box out back. <laughs> when, when did Ben start deciding what Sly Fox was brewing? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he takes over the social media. It's all Squatch related. This episode is dedicated to Ben. <laughs> Yeah, we all tattoo next episode. Tattoos on our lip um, (laughs) with some sort of squatch related material. Um, (laughs) All right, so once again, boys and ghouls, we are going Willow Creek. Uh, Meg is going with Willow Creek. Um, uh, Steve is going with Exists, uh, and I am bringing up the rear per use with suburban <laughs> Sasquatch. Um, so go ahead and watch every single one of those back to back to back, as we always suggest is the case. Um, <laughs> and get ready to discuss, discuss some discuss. My brain and my mouth are not connected this morning as we discuss some Squatch-tastic voyages. Um, okay. As always, if you want to help us with these types of things and you want to help us uh, pick topics, suggest topics, even for mini-sodes, or just vote on the uh, the topics that the wheel draws and uh, and we ultimately vote on and discuss in their showdown episodes, check us out on the social media. If you just type in Halloween is forever, honestly, it's going to fucking come up. But it's Halloween <laughs> is forever, uh, at Halloween is forever on Instagram, Halloween is forever uh podcast on Facebook at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween's Forever Pod on Tiki Talkie, Halloween is Forever Pod uh at gmail.com for it. Hey guys, I okay. think we have like 35 followers on TikTok now. Nice, nice. 38. 38. Holy nice. shit. Dang. Holy We're doing it. Shit. 
we are uh, we are still pressing towards our ten thousand followers on um, on the Instagram, and we are getting closer and closer to forty on the TikTok. <laughs> We're taking the young kids uh, by storm. All the kids out there are wearing Jankos with. Halloween's forever patches on them. It's it's pretty much it's pretty much gone global. Um, and okay. it's, it's worth following all three accounts because we each run one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yes, we should probably get different specify. content on all of them. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. We have our own unique personality. Steve does the Twitter. <laughs> he mostly complains about superhero movies and stuff like that. They're not great. Um, <laughs> I post Halloween stuff, and I made popcorn balls last night. Um, <laughs> And Meg does uh, once a month does a <laughs> does a TikTok of some ill repute. Um, I, I just so, can't respect comments from someone who doesn't even look at my TikToks. Okay, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm scared of it. Um, They're pretty right. fun. You should look at yeah. them. Yeah, I will, I'll get around to it. Listen, the app it's still downloading. It's, I have 56k dial-up modem. It's going to take a week or two to download. Yeah. Um, Okay, now let's get back to uh, to to our friend Dorothea here. So you have you've given us a little bit of an overview of what she what she kind of is notorious for. It, it is a very good example of a person who just obviously suffers from some mental illness. Was had a horrible horrible childhood, mm-hmm. um, abusive, alcoholic parents. Uh, I would be blown away to learn there wasn't some sort of, you know, abuse uh, at the hands of other people in her life, uh, in her life as she grew up. She was an, an orphan in, in foster care and then basically on her own from, you know, mid-teens on, right? Worked mm-hmm. as a, a sex worker for a lot of that time. So not trying to justify the things she did. Obviously, you have to take responsibility for your actions. But at the same time, horrible, horrible life. Uh, you know, as well. So in any case, um, yeah, and then it just escalated. It went from lying, stealing, you know, petty crime type of thing, and just escalated from there, it feels like, like in mm-hmm. such a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I feel like we'll preface this like we did on the last episode that we do not condone any of these actions of anyone. We will pick fun at certain things. We'll talk about it. We'll probably find some some funny and interesting thing to talk about, but we don't condone these actions. So yeah, um, yeah. I Steve and I were talking right before you got on a little bit about like in learning more about her childhood and have it seeing how abusive it was like even her dad would threaten to like kill himself around them yeah um i I just mean that the type of trauma that someone goes through and like it almost seems like because again trying to just understand the situation that almost like through her taking on these tenants and like trying to quote unquote take care of people she might have been like reliving her time like when she was uh like because after her mom passed away they were lived in an orphanage you know she maybe has some like sick twisted thing in her brain that looks like okay somehow now i am reenacting this trauma and i'm thinking that i'm doing it right but all she's doing is reenacting what she experienced when she was younger you know what i mean yeah yeah, she she is. I mean, you just hear her. You know, she had been. Di- I, I think I recall in there, like she had been diagnosed again. This is in the 
you know, uh, when was the first time she went to jail? Was in like the 60s? Oh, was it the 60s? Or 70s? Or, no, she, uh, she went to 60s. jail in the 60s for running a brothel. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know if that's the first time she was picked up. She might have got picked up for like petty theft before that. Yeah, because she, uh, I mean, e- either way, like she had obviously been in and out of the, the system for a long time and been had, had been diagnosed with, a, a you know, a number of different things anywhere from. I think they mentioned schizophrenia to um, to like borderline personality disorder to being a pathological liar, like all of this stuff. And it just felt like nobody could ever. She, she was just so um, manipulative and, and, you know, obviously um, very, very inept or very in tune was what I meant to say uh, with manipulating people and lying to people and mm-hmm. preying on their expectations and their sympathies and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. felt like no one ever got a, a real, um, you know, bead on, on her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That right. interview footage, which not to jump ahead, but that interview footage of her, you know, in, in the room, like as they're questioning her about the, ultimately the murders that she was responsible for was just like chilling. She just feels like such a shell of a person in mm-hmm. a way, you know yeah. what I mean? And she, I feel like she believes in her own innocence. I was going to read the back of the cookbook that I mentioned that I have. Yeah. And she says, none of them were murdered. They died of natural causes. I couldn't do that anyhow. I'm not that type of person. I'm too caring and I worry too much about my people eating. Everybody can tell you that. Why would I spend money fattening them up if I was going to kill them? And I also just have to add, it says like Dorothea Puente, convicted killer slash gourmet cook. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's so like, it's well, just, and it just reads like it, it's one of those things where like she again, I, this is my my, uh, you know, armchair psychiatrist here. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So throw that disclaimer in here. But when you read that, it's one of those things where she's obviously so like manipulative that you start to be like during the even the course of that quote you're like yeah you know why would she do but then you hear her verbiage Mm -hmm. and you're like oh no these people were cattle to her right why would Mm -hmm. i fatten them up nobody Uh, says that nobody Nobody would (laughs) say that yeah, nobody would would speak about that about these people that you supposedly cared for. She mm-hmm. knows the words to say, mm-hmm. but then, you know, her her other set of eyelids blink sideways, and then you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's also just interesting again because it, we're talking that she was kind of an active person from you know the 60s to the 80s but like even before that she was born in 1929 so like during all that time like mental health is you know it still isn't great in america so it no. was terrible people really don't even then. understand schizophrenia right yeah yeah and yep. she might not have been schizophrenic she might have been a host of other things mm-hmm. she right. might have just had like uh, a you know a disassociation disorder where like maybe she really did believe she was helping people, but then just like disassociated in such a way that she would poison people mm-hmm. and thought that she was helping them that way. Because a lot of the yeah. people she preyed upon were uh, other outcasts of societies, people who are mentally right. ill or homeless yeah. or things like that. So what is that um, one disease or like one? I don't know if it's a mental illness. Is it Munch? Munchausen's Munchausen's yeah, like, kind of has those vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of has vibes of that. Like maybe she was hoping that 
people would care about her and stay in ways maybe to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think that's the full case, but it kind of has hints of that. The one the one that that points me towards just like full on self-serving sociopath is the f- what I think was the f- her first murder, which was um, when she poisoned uh, Ruth Monroe. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that was like her friend. She mm-hmm. wasn't a caretaker for her. She was, um, you know, a, a successful, you know, uh, hardworking person with a family and, um, you know, and just happened to have a lot of savings, <laughs> it mm-hmm. sounded like. And she was like, oh, I think I can get this money from this person. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the one that I'm just like, later on, you know, she tries to focus on like, oh, I was taking care of these people. And obviously she's working with, you know, people who are, you know, had really serious mental health issues and couldn't take care of themselves and that sort of stuff. And we're, you know, a lot of, in a lot of instances, homeless or, or struggling with substance abuse or whatever. But the first one, yeah, no, she straight up slowly murdered her for her money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she talked her into going to business into business with her uh, and then just, yeah, just gl- glommed onto her like a leech and just like sucked the life out of her. She yeah. is just, it's so insane how like I still just can't fathom like at what point do you not recognize that she is lying and she is just taking advantage of you? And like, how did she somehow convince her that to start drinking? Cause if we're going to talk about that first murder, like Mm -hmm. she slowly started drugging her and her kids. I forget the son's name who was on the episode, but yeah. He was saying, he's like, mom, you don't drink. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, she just said that it would make me feel better. Mm -hmm. It's like, lo and behold, it's alcohol and drugs. To, to be fair, it was a creme de menthe, and those are really good. So. <laughs> well, so I think it, 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 it honestly was like she got her to start feeling bad, and she put her in a with by poisoning her prior to that. I I thought like it's like one of those things where she puts a person in a vulnerable situation where they feel. Like anything health, you know, and I've dealt with, you know, health issues, even just in the last five years myself, where it's like, all of a sudden you feel invincible. And then the next minute you're like, desperate for an answer because you Mm -hmm. can't control, you know, what's happening with your body, especially if you don't understand what's happening with your body. And you become very, very vulnerable. And in this instance, you know, probably picked a person who she felt she could psychologically manipulate in that way you know what Mm -hmm. i mean she was very very cunning in that way but that's a really valid point too because imagine like going from oh this is a great opportunity to like holy shit my life is upside down and you start making desperate decisions and so Mm -hmm. i can see all the that's a good point and clinging to people who you think care about you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like oh i don't i don't have a lot of people in my life to help me through this and everything's falling apart so you become all of a sudden you're at the whim of of these people, you know, especially right. people who are forcing themselves on you at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, and then the other really really creepy part eventually is when, and 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 you know what? I don't know how you can <laughs> also like there has to be a lot of enabling to have a lot of enabling happening whenever she asks like a carpenter that was doing work for her, like. Oh, by the way, here's a truck of a guy who works for me. Um, he can't, he doesn't use it anymore. Oh, and also, by the way, can you build a box that's 
six foot by three foot by two foot. Um, yeah. And then also, I'm going to fill it up when you're not here. And then can you help me take this box somewhere? Like, Yeah, super low-key stuff. How does a how does a carpenter not identify that he's building a coffin? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, like, if the money's right for a lot of people, they just don't even ask the question. Yeah, right. I get it. Like, he was obviously, she was obviously preying on him to some extent, but like, bro. You're building yeah. a coffin. You yeah. know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even like a decorative one that, you know, like some people have coffins as bookshelves. I, yeah. I had I had a friend who had, you know, him and his yeah. wife had a coffin bookshelf and, you know, they, yeah. were, they were cool. They were you know murderers. What? She's not, but I don't think Dorothea was really listening to Bauhaus that much. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> she, she wasn't making a fancy coffin. She was making a, the old pine box that you see a in Western film. Co- yeah, yeah, exactly. A popper's coffin for a <laughs> shallow grave yes yeah. um yeah yeah i mean i, I guess we should say that uh, and for those of you who watched it already know this and meg you might have already mentioned it um but the the idea was eventually she got into this situation where she's she set up a boarding house mm-hmm. a couple of different times i think at one point having as many as like 20 tenants uh and then later her like infamous one uh in sacramento had what like eight or something like that mm-hmm. but Ultimately, she was taking in these tenants and got to a place where social workers actually suggested her boarding house to their to their um, uh, uh, clients, uh, you know, to their clients. Yeah. Um, And uh, and then she ultimately um, started murdering them and then burying their bodies in her backyard so she could continue to collect their pensions and or Mm -hmm. aid checks uh, Mm -hmm. of various types so yeah and she would make up stories about where they were when people like would be like where is this person um oh yeah no they went here that like she started she just always make up stories until Mm -hmm. she would get caught yeah i I I think like and that's kind of like the refinement of her process because like we're saying she started with this ruth monroe and she like that, is, that caused like a lot of trouble in her life because the son right. was like constantly trying to investigate it. Like that mm-hmm. gave her a lot of static. But mm-hmm. like when she gets to this boarding house situation, she refines herself to like being able to pick the most outcast and mm-hmm. I, I guess essentially the least missed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Al- it- Alberto, uh, and forgive me his last name, but they call it, they refer to him as Bert. Like, yeah. uh, Montoya. Like, uh, uh, Montoya. Yeah. 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 Alberto Montoya. My God. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. This poor guy, by all accounts, was this very, you know, gentle, kind guy who, who really kind of seemed to, in, in, at least in some instances, like he understood his mental health. Like he knew. Mm-hmm what he was dealing with and and was dealt an incredibly difficult hand and and she just like perfect example didn't have a lot he didn't have any family in the u.s from what i understand right Right. all his family was in mexico and was it mexico it was interesting that she would say because no it's from uh costa rica maybe like south america yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was farther away yeah yeah i think i think his family was in like the middle of the country but she said that he went to mexico yeah, that's with right. uh, with someone right. else. Yeah, she told his the family he went to Mexico. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that social worker who was like pretty relentless, which is good that she was relentless. You know, she kind of mm-hmm. kept on her about yeah. it all. Um, and I, if you want to correct me uh, here, if, um, with this boarding house where the last one was, she was actually doing it illegally because she was yeah. no longer mm-hmm. allowed to care for people. And right. was it the Ru- I think it was the Ruth Monroe situation that 
spawned that. Yeah, it was it was part mm-hmm. of that and just her uh just her litany of arrests because right. she had been changing her last name because she had had Correct. so many marriages and then yeah. like the paperwork all came out and they're like, "Oh, you can't do this anymore because you're a criminal right. multiple times yeah. over." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, you and, don't and want a criminal like taking care of your grandmother? <laughs> yeah, she was the type. This was the type of of case too where we see over and over again in like, you know, you know, I mean even as recently as like the 80s and 90s when like people where like different law enforcement um, organizations didn't really have the, the the obviously didn't have the databases that they have now so it was really they were really not good at interacting with one another and their records so you really could like yeah change your name change your appearance a little bit and and just fly under the radar and you know hide and hide in plain sight kind of thing um and, and she leaned into the fact that she was Mexican and and grew up in a you know what was it family of 18 kids in mexico or whatever but she wasn't yeah 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 we just read that that was a lie like (laughs) yeah 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 it was completely made up you know she was part of obviously her upbringing was was traumatic but um she she definitely glommed on because a couple of her husbands um were uh of mexican heritage i think so she Mm -hmm. could glean enough from them culturally speaking to pull that off you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and then the other really creepy thing about her is she always um portrayed herself as a lot older than she was because she knew that if she embodied this like caring older woman senior citizen how could she ever be capable of doing this that she could again fly under the radar. And, and can we people, be real and, and, though? That in the eighties, yeah. everyone looked at least fifty years older than they actually were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, everyone. But did. like, there was picture. There was one picture I saw, and I was like, okay, if you saw that woman now today, you'd be like, okay, she's seventy-eight years old. Right. And they were like, she was thirty-nine. I'm like, like what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? She's like three years older than me. Yeah. Um, Watch this. Kick the cane. Look, she can walk. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's the real like. The the closer you were to the proximity of the Great Depression, you know, yeah. like the older you just looked for no reason at yeah. all. <laughs> but right. she also like, you know, um, her hair was, you know, completely white. She had these big glasses like she dressed in a very kind of grandmotherly way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she mm-hmm. was playing this part intensely and it worked for so long yeah it worked i think people even refer to her as that as even another comment on this it's like grandmotherly dorothea puente mm-hmm. is becoming mm-hmm. as renowned as her for her cooking as being a notorious mass murderer like like she was always i think that was her role in all yeah. of this mm-hmm. that yeah can, can we talk for a second about the production on the show Mm-hmm. In that they they love to add in little dr- dramatized <laughs> interstitials that are animated. So was, yeah, just, and it even even throughout the series, I think I watched the first like three episodes. Mm-hmm. They get even weirder as yeah, the series they get goes weird. on. But so there's there's two really <laughs> funny ones that in the, that are in this Dorothea story, and the one is just like wow, what you were talking about, Brian, of like her playing older. And they have yeah. this little animation of her hunching over exactly. and like, 
<laughs> she hunches over and she makes herself look older and she curls yeah. up like an old person and then yeah. she gets she looks like, like a banana yeah and then she <laughs> narrows her eyebrows and gets an evil smile she's like mm, yes this is going yeah. to trick them all <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I knew she, she uh, the way I'm imagining it I only watched the one time but yeah she's all hunched over and all of a sudden you just look and her eyes just become like pointed down yeah. like slits yeah. like she's like a video game villain she yeah. turns into like Sephiroth uh, you know in that moment just just um, a real like wacky races snidely whiplash <laughs> fucking behavior <laughs> but uh, yeah there's there's another one that happens earlier in the episode when uh the social worker is calling to find bert mm-hmm. yeah and dorothea answers the phone and she says bert's not there and then the animation is dorothea hanging up the phone and then she turns to camera with a cat <laughs> in her arms and then she narrows yeah. her eyebrows again and smiles and like yes <laughs> yeah i threw them yeah. off the trail <laughs> it is seriously very heavy-handed yeah yes. <laughs> so like that's the, so funny the, the animation sucks too it's like uh it's like it's new really grounds. bad yeah it's like yes new it is yeah yeah i like and, it in and, theory and it, but i get what you're saying like the one oh sorry go ahead oh no no i just think i did a good job of, like breaking it up but i do get what you're saying it was fairly ridiculous yeah <laughs> the the next one was it the next episode or the one after that uh even the next two because there's the one with the um uh uh oh boy where was he from he was a uh, um oh was he was Thai asian but yeah yeah he was asian but i forget which country yeah yeah him and then the one after that with like the 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 guy who was like this like olympic or not olympic uh, um like marathon runner mm-hmm. one i don't know if you saw that one the animations get even more silly and evil almost like they're like <laughs> supernatural or something you know what i mean (laughs) they always portray them as like they're some sort of supernatural villain demons or something it's very strange yeah i kind of fell asleep on the one with the with the super runner that was like yeah didn't run but sometimes had to drop out weird but yeah i I only got halfway through that one too the the one with um the the one that follows after with casey joy and yeah and maribel and Casey yeah. is the he's the murderer and like right. all the animations are him just standing around like yeah like in the background right, just really in the creepy. background looking menacing <laughs> just like what are yeah. the cops trying to find mm, I'm one step ahead <laughs> yeah you think he's gonna like put on a top hat you know what right. I mean he's like, like and like run away it would yeah, be more in, funny if he's like smoking a cigar back there too <laughs> yeah but that yeah they really try to turn him into this super villain and then you see pick and again obviously a a, a I'm not trying to defend this guy at all, but when you see the juxtaposition between his photo of him just like this smiley looking normal guy yeah. and then the cartoon version of him is like, yeah, this like super villain type yeah. of guy. Which, it's so it, strange. And not to destroy, not to stray too much, but like with that one, like that guy was doing something very similar to Dorothea because he was mm-hmm. putting on like a fake Asian accent. Yeah, because he know, like he grew up in America since a kid, so he didn't have that you know that that kind of the Asian accent of broken English. He started doing mm-hmm. that to trick the cops. Yeah, so he's like doing the same thing that Dorothea did, where Dorothy was just trying to play older, and he's like mm-hmm. trying to be, oh, I'm just a simple Asian man. You can't, you know, I would never yeah, do I such can't a thing. Speak- yeah, this is all getting lost in translation yeah. kind of thing, where like playing mm-hmm. up the accent like yeah. dramatically, dramatically. Um, yeah, so, but, but you know what? It, it is, it obviously, I mean, for Dorothea, it worked so well. It's like when I heard that they found seven mm-hmm. 
a dish seven bodies in her backyard in various states of decomposition and in some instances with their hands and heads removed yeah it's not like oh my friend i'm i'm a crazy old lady and my friend died and i buried them in the backyard heads and hands removed wrapped in burlap like the idea is she didn't want them to be found and she sure as hell didn't want them to be identified which i couldn't help but think of one of my favorite movies which is the burbs like Mm -hmm. this has to be influenced in some capacity right i mean the burbs, I feel like, it, not it's the first time that somebody's ever been buried in the backyard, but it's just, I couldn't help but immediately think of the burbs when they showed that footage of the backyard, which just dug up everywhere, because they were mm-hmm. finding so many bodies right. in this tiny little backyard. Yeah, because I think uh, they didn't have it entirely dug yet, but when she fled, because he was just like, okay, we found something we need to like keep digging, she fucking ran. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you remember the one where they did that animation of them in the backyard, and her... The animation oh, yeah. of her like, staring, like staring out the window right. at them. So <laughs> She's like, hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, then. so anyway, she fi- they find seven bodies in her backyard and the jury still deliberated for mm-hmm. 24 days and only found her guilty of three of the nine murders. Yeah. You know and what I, know, I mean? I like, actually think that the, they weren't even murders. They She got um, convicted of theft. Well, she did get sentenced to life without the possibility of parole so i yeah. think there were i think ultimately oh, that was first the first all, one sorry that was the first one sorry, yeah that's yeah, my yeah. i think ultimately they got her on three of the nine murders but they were seeking the death penalty and they um and eventually she she got life without parole yeah i got you wild I see that, stuff. yeah, yeah wild and they were stuff. hung on the other six i'm just so confused but i get like on why they didn't have that evidence i mean i'm even surprised i don't recall seeing if chief which that was the handyman's name like did he not go on the stand you know what i yeah. mean like yeah this could have put him away i even thought that uh the sharp character the guy that was also living there could have like yep. put her away too yeah, it's it, it was it was weird. Um, she definitely she definitely played the part well and influenced the jury and who knows what else, you know, in the proceedings of the case took place that who was able to testify who wasn't and what they were able to talk about and all that stuff. Like when you hear these crazy, you know, hung jury cases or just these crazy verdicts you don't expect, there's a million other variables that we don't know that mm-hmm. happened during the course of that that case. But sure. just surface level, you're like, wait. They found seven bodies in her backyard and she was only convicted of three of nine murders. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, wild, wild stuff. That interview footage, so eerie. Mm-hmm. They're like, set, you know, that we found the bodies in your backyard. And she's just like, well, I sure don't know how they got there. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. so yeah. creepy. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious that even right at that point with the drug overdose, like how good was the like inspection of this you know like they could say it was drug overdose but like tying it to her say prescriptions or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, well i mean i guess at that point because they they did the toxic they did the toxicology on ruth Mm -hmm. but you're i mean yeah everything that was found in her may or may not necessarily have been something that ruth had right but like they found all the pills that were throughout mm-hmm. um, Dorothea's house later on when she was doing the boarding house. But I guess all of oh, those yeah. bodies would have been decomposed. So you wouldn't mm, have been yeah. able to do toxicology on them. For yeah, sure. those capsules just everywhere. Mm-hmm. All of her house is empty capsules. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's uh, uh it's wild, and and you have to um, assume that a lot of the fact that her victims were of the you know what do they call them kind of in in you know true crime um, writing called like the less dead or something like that, where it's basically saying or isn't that what it's this is what am I messing up my terms when they're basically saying that like these people in the eyes of society and law enforcement and all that they 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 were homeless they suffered from mental illness substance abuse all that sort of thing so it's like the system just inherently doesn't care about them as much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have money or family or connections or anything to help defend them so it's like they're gonna always be at a huge disadvantage when it comes to convicting the, the murder of someone who doesn't have those things you know what i mean which is obviously very really sad it goes without saying it's just heartbreaking but I'm so. waiting for Netflix just to do an actual show on her. I feel like kind of like inventing Anna-esque, you know, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. to see and like really go dive deeper because I'm sure they probably could dramatize it. And like, I think this story is interesting enough because she somehow, I think, tricked people in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and somehow got away with it, you know? Yeah. You know what they would probably do, though? They would probably like cast someone who is... Like they cast like Anne Hathaway or something <laughs> <laughs> says her. Like something fucking just so stupid just to put like a name associated with it. Mm. Um, and then they would just like put old lady glasses on her and be like, wow, you're 79 years old. <laughs> See, you know, you say it, but like a, a good casting for that would be Glenn Close. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Frances McDormand. Yeah. Either, either of those two. They're, they're good actresses yeah. and... They, uh, you know, they could, they can pull off playing older than they are. So, yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, I remember being blown away by, uh, oh my gosh, monster, uh, Sharice, Sharice Theron. Oh my God. No. Charlize uh, Theron. Yeah. Charlize Theron. Again, I've much mouth this morning. <laughs> um, in monster, like she obviously did a fantastic job in that. Mm-hmm. And there was, mm-hmm. you know, makeup, uh, effects and all that sort of thing. But like, yeah, you, you could, there's. If you got the right performer, they could they could absolutely pull that off. Mm-hmm. I even think another good person. Uh, who's the woman who played in Misery years ago? Oh, Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. She might be good. Kathy Bates is is uh, how old? Kathy Bates is getting up there though in terms yeah. of age currently, but she's fantastic in everything mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, ham. What's up with that ham situation? It's gone at this point, guys. I was just sitting here mowing it down. I was. We were watching, watching like, you Jesus. just slam this uh, ham. Yeah. So I decided for this episode that I initially we were talking about we should cook a couple recipes together, but we didn't, we're not in person today. But uh, I decided on Dorothea's spicy mango ham steak. And I'll we'll, I'll take a we picture. Establish is an album name should be an, is album, an album name. name. Yeah, <laughs> and if, I, Dorothea I, spicy mango ham steak. I feel like this also borders on would be a great substitute for rum ham for whatever reason. I think that'd be yeah. Good. Um, I'll, we'll post a picture of like the recipe and stuff. It has like red wine as like almost like this base, mixing that with sugar and jalapenos to almost mm. caramelize it. And then mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a blender where I'm at right now, but uh, I just chopped up a mango. Usually they want you to like pulverize it. Sure. And you mix those together and then basically cook up your ham and pour it over it. It's like a pretty mm-hmm. simple recipe. Um, I 10 out of 10 would actually cook this again. <laughs> like it's actually it really good. It sounds good. If you put anything with ham and fruit, peaches, <laughs> 
anything, literally yeah. any type of fruit on ham, I am mm. going to eat the fuck out of it. Also, if you put any other things on ham. I never heard of peaches. That's interesting, though. Yeah, I do. I, I did a ham. Uh, I usually do for, um, for, you know, for Christmas or something like that, because normally I'm all turkeyed out by Christmas. Sure. So I like to make a ham uh, or porchetta or something like that. And I did um, cherry sour cherry preserves mm. on like mixed with brown sugar for a glaze on ham was so good. I've done uh, peach, apricot. I mean, sounds mango so I've never yummy. done, but it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I will fuck up and pretty much ham just in general, <laughs> but anything sweet with the saltiness, smokiness of ham. My goodness. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Sorry, I'm just getting sweaty talking about ham. <laughs> just think about ham, sweaty, sweaty. I'm just getting ass sweaty. Did, so, Meg, did, in the cookbook, it was mentioned mm-hmm. in the show how, like, every Tuesday or Wednesday was like burrito night for the boarding house and the people in yep. the people in the neighborhood. Do they have a burrito recipe in there? Uh, I'm gonna find it, but I'm almost positive they do. There is definitely tamales. So. Okay, so Dorothy is homemade tamales. She also had a couple times would do like, um, like jailhouse style like stuff, like variations, like Bruno and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of freaking weird. Toilet uh, wine. Dorothy is famous spicy mango toilet <laughs> wine. Oh yeah, burritos poor man style, and then tamales prison style are in here. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, read us, read us something about prison style tamales, please. Okay, well, there's, there's, I wish there were a little bit more stories to each one of these. So it's just a pack of tortillas, a can of chili without beans, a can of roast beef. What the fuck is that, <laughs> Brian? I assume you know. That's one. Yeah, milk. I have several varieties <laughs> in my yeah, can, yeah, <gasps> can of roast beef. Yeah. You okay. can buy any. Is it kind of spam like chickens, but... whole chicken? with the bones Ugh. no no it. it's not it's not <laughs> um, spam like meg it's much more like just sitting in gravy and chunks yeah yeah God. it looks like it looks like wet dog food yeah yeah okay that's what i'm like but exactly tastes, what i would probably ta- feed my but dog. it tastes delicious okay i don't believe you uh there's jalapenos chili powder garlic cloves uh cheese wait where pack- are you getting cloves in prison didn't you see Goodfellas? It says minced. I mean, you could probably get minced. I know, but she wasn't a mom. Maybe she's boss. growing it. Maybe she was growing it somewhere. Her window Growing box. it out of the toilet. Yeah, her, her window, window box. box. <laughs> um, one pack chicken broth and um, one and a half cups hot water is the tamales prison style. So mm. mashed tortilla strips fine. Pour hot water and chicken broth with one and a half tablespoons of chili powder. Put can of chili, roast beef, cheese, garlic, uh, minced jalapenos in bowl. How can she mince jalapenos in? In jail too um mm. mix well a get sharpened 18, toothbrush yeah get 18 <laughs> pieces of saran wrap place masa in center put 18. meat mixture in center of masa roll up place in plastic bag steam three and a half hours ready to eat i love that she is cooking for a crowd in prison yeah, like, yeah right? not just for yourself just i mean when you make tamales crowd. though are you ever only making like <laughs> one, one? Tamale? no you got to make like, a mess of tamales yeah. like yeah i had last time i made tamales i had them in the free because they do freeze well i had them in the cool. freezer for a year <laughs> i made so many of them uh there are things like chicken gizzards hearts and livers nah. uh yeah just sounds disgusting yes. but it sounds like something brian you brian i really think this cookbook eaten, is for you like i've eaten gizzards i've eaten uh uh chicken liver uh many times uh but i've not had a chicken heart i don't think mm. Mm. 
But I am getting the meat sweats. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have that this week for for dinner. So here's the thing about, um, if you... I'll, I'll put everybody on a, a TikTok space to look for. Uh, jail TikTok <laughs> is pretty good. Yeah. I've seen one. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen one, and we're talking about cooking in jail and cooking for a group. I saw one. Mm-hmm. They had stripped a, They had stripped a bed, and the bed mm-hmm. was one of those just flat metal plates with a mattress on yeah. top of it attached to a wall. So they mm-hmm. stripped the mattress off of it, put a bunch of toilet paper underneath it, set the toilet paper on fire. And they created a flat top iron grill. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was. <laughs> they literally had a flat top. Yeah, like it was so. Fun. They had what? Are, what are those things that like every like suburban uh, dad is buying right like now? Like a griddle. Yeah, 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 but they're like outdoor griddle things. A blackstone or whatever. Oh, okay, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, they basically made a jailhouse blackstone yeah. grill. Yeah, and they were like <laughs> grilling shit on that. I was like, that's fucking ingenious but you guys are gonna get well, so much trouble that's, <laughs> that's what i was gonna say do they not like there's no there's a vent hood like where's right, the yeah. smoke going <laughs> that's so funny um there's some desserts but uh brian i think this one's also up your alley uh lazy lady fruit cake okay <laughs> and it's just like a yellow cake mix use apple juice instead of milk or water cinnamon cloves candied fruit and chopped nuts super easy oh that actually sounds fucking good another dessert that i was really eyeing is this pumpkin ginger pudding Mm. Mm. this sounds bomb um so question meg is so she wrote this or, or she um worked with this author to write this book you know this wasn't this wasn't you know, uh, published posthumously, right? This was when she was still alive. This was she was right? alive and in jail. Yeah, yeah. So, was there any like angle from because she maintained her innocence forever, right? She never yeah. admitted to anything, did she? I, I no. feel like she she maintained her innocence. So, if this is kind of like, I mean, what's the tone of the book? from the author meaning like is it kind of like hey wink wink we killed she killed these people or is it just like because it's I, I mean the cover says serial killer on it okay so yeah i think that so giving you a couple example of what the tone is things like this i feel like speak to i'll speak on why i think this is the case it says my sister-in-law was a vegetarian i have lots of friends that are vegetarian you can take the take the nuts or the vegetables out and add me with the lentils because she had a couple there's like a lentil loaf there's a veggie burger in here mm-hmm. and um in the back there's a transcript of the author talking to dorothea and i see this note up here it's like prison interruption uh dorothea you can still hear me no uh, Shane, which is the author, yeah, that the, that interruption is crap. I had a great idea. I want you to send me some recipes. I was thinking of maybe doing a cookbook. So, um, what I kind of what we talked about again, going back to that episode in the New Orleans, uh, when I was talking about Museum of Death, is that you kind of in ways have to play the people to get what you want out of them. Like this yeah. author probably knew tenfold like if he was a dick or was rude or condescending she would have not gotten any of this from her right so right um and i know that there are obviously laws around uh uh you know how people can't like how a murderer couldn't like sell like a convicted murderer couldn't sell the rights to their story 
to a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A studio or something like that, because you can't profit off of your crimes. Right. Um, but other but people like, can though. You can. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm always curious about what the, the nature of these, um, these types of things are like who, who is in the know, who isn't like how, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm just always curious. Yeah. But, um, so this, is definitely going to lead me down a path of um, uh, prison cooking because uh, I, I I love that'll to be watch... your entry to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love watching people do um, like cook elaborate things in, like while camping, like in the woods. Sure. Like I like to watch like YouTube videos of like a guy goes into the woods with like a stick and makes like you know a rack of lamb or something you know <laughs> i love those types of things and this is just a natural evolution of that i think uh-huh. yeah, yeah pretty much except for instead of like having to start a fire in negative 20 degree weather you just have to roll up little pieces of toilet paper to <laughs> to build a fire <laughs> under your bunk <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Man, well just search prison tiktok it'll get you there you'll, you'll find yeah, it. that's what i'm gonna do as soon as i get off the phone here so <laughs> prison tiktok oh boy boys and ghouls well anything else on dorothea um would we suggest the worst roommate ever uh to check out on the netflix uh if you want a very it's a very surface level i honestly i think this story getting it in less than an hour is not going to do justice to understanding like all of the details understanding who the people she murdered you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, yeah. Uh, yeah so they did an not. okay job of of because a lot of times you watch these things or you listen to these things and it's all about the murder and they they really don't focus on the victims enough mm-hmm. i think and this one i think they do a pretty decent job of that yeah um but it does feel like one of those series where the best story they had was this one mm-hmm. and they kind of you know shot their wad in the very first one and then it seems to go pretty hard downhill after the first episode yeah Yeah. um i only watched one and a half more episodes but it went pretty dramatically downhill i thought in terms of just my interest level yeah Mm -hmm. i i like i said i fell asleep on the one about the runner and then i Mm -hmm. woke up i think on like the last episode and -hmm. the last episode like is just a really annoying guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the, this guy is so yeah. annoyed and like they like everybody like I, he's still a fucking monster because he does wind up uh killing his brother in the end mm. but like yeah he's just really annoying to like uh, other annoying people so you're kind of right. like he's so annoying yeah. he's so frightening yeah. and he never wears his shirt it's just dancing yeah. it's about Glenn dancing yeah so you're not like yeah, yeah this guy's a monster but yeah these other people are also kind of annoying and I don't want to watch this anymore yeah <laughs> and that's kind of what I took it to and the animation goes severely down as well they just switch to like doing wipe effects of like somebody drew the outside of a building that they're talking about and then they do a wipe effect to like the actual building it's like what the fuck was that <laughs> why'd you even draw that if you had a picture of the actual book? right it's like it's a it becomes like like flash it's just like homestar runner yeah it really was it was fucking awful yeah. i was like eh. so yeah. yeah like meg was saying it's it's super sur- surface level i think every other story is fine for an hour because they're not that mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. but like yeah uh, this dorothea story could be expanded to something bigger if they wanted to yeah well, when I started watching it, I thought it was going to be a multi-part thing on just her. 
I didn't realize she was just the first episode. And then when, of course, I, you know, when uh, we went on the second episode, I was like, oh, wait, no, this got wrapped up pretty quick. So, yep. um, yeah, worth worth an hour or so. But Meg, thought any any final thoughts? Uh, no. If anyone wants any random recipes, just DM me and I will just shoot you a random picture. But if I do that, <laughs> you have to cook it and you have to tell us about it. Yes, good. I like that. I like that. Um, and uh, whoever submits the most appetizing uh, murder recipe gets one sticker. <laughs> we have to make it a little more interesting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, by the way, the the offer. I'm getting low on the stickers, uh, but uh, we I have sent out some more. But uh, feel free, uh, as always, if you want to. Um, get uh, some Halloween is Forever stickers uh, sent your way, um, send us a little DM. Or preferably, if you would be so kind as to go on uh, one of the podcast um, apps of your choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, or I'm told you can do this on Spotify now in some capacity, mm-hmm. rate and review. Write a little nice thing on there for a Screenshot it real quick. S- send in the old DMs and I'll send you some stickies. Um and you know, while you're at it, follow us on the social medias as well, because we are uh, we are always doing some some spooky Yuki content on there. And let me also remind you: next week, Bigfoot Horror Showdown episode. It's going to be a fucking slobber knocker, a burn burner, if you will. Uh, a reminder: the movies that you are going to be required to watch before you listen to the episode, and we will know <laughs> if you don't watch them in their entirety. Willow Creek is going to be Meg's movie. Any? Uh, not to put you on the spot. Do you know where it, where it is? Where it's streaming? Uh, no. But while you figure it out, I will look it up. Okay. Is it and not to Steve. I thought they were all. I, on, might be. I thought they were all on Tubi. But. Um, if they're not on Tubi, um, just watch some other stuff on Tubi. It is on Tubi. <laughs> yep. hail, hail to Tubi. Uh, Willow Creek is on Tubi. Exists. Steve, do you know where that one Tubi. is? Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> and then Suburban Sasquatch was born and thrives on Tubi, boys and ghouls. <laughs> All three of those movies are on Tubi. So that's going to give you a good indication of what you are in store for. Um, Meg, were you saying something? No, I saw uh, you can also watch Willow Creek through Amazon Prime, but it's IMDb because I was almost going to say if there was an option for without commercials, but I don't think there is. Yeah, no, support your local Tubi. Um, all right, so <laughs> I'm gonna get shirts made that says support your local oh my Tubi. God. <laughs> well, we, um, we have Tubi uh, and Booby shirts that people can go buy on, on the Oh, T-Public. yeah, that's right, Tubi. <laughs> yeah, go on our T Public if you haven't already. There's a whole assortment of asinine shirts that, oh my God. that we've created that's, that we've called for the idea and that Steve has created the art for. Um, there's some, what are some other, what are some other uh, gems that we have on there? I know we have Virginia is for horrors. Yep, we have Virginia is for horrors. <laughs> I own that shirt. <laughs> I purchased it from our own T Public which, store. Which it was just a real slap together one, but hey, if people want it. I know, I wore it to work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we've got that one. We've got, you know, just some nice logos. we got some logos going mm-hmm. on. Uh, we have yeah, yeah. the All About That Grussy. <laughs> oh, God. Nope. That's a personal favorite. I probably should order that Nobody, one. Nobody's bought uh, All About That Grussy. Uh, we have <laughs> Nothing Gets You High Like... By the way, <laughs> by the way, Grussy... 
It's Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me be clear. And it's in the Greta Gremlin like kind of design yeah. around it. Yeah. So everybody yeah. wants to talk about going goblin mode nowadays, but nobody wants to get all that grissy. So whatever. Uh, we have a splurt. Stop offending Steve over here. <laughs> we have a splurt t-shirt. We have a Merkin work oh, yeah. t-shirt. We have yeah. we have a nothing gets you high like drugs shirt. <laughs> With a Z, with a Z. Drugs with a Z. Yeah, that's. A I really one. want that two B and booty. Two B and booty. It's like Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Um, yeah, we we have we have two B and booby and two B and booty. I think yeah. I think that covers all of the sexual proclivities. So yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ends there. No more. <laughs> so go order all those on Tia Publix. Wear them. They are all safe for work. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> vouch for it. You will not get in trouble. If your boss says you can't wear a grossy shirt at work, have your boss call me. I will explain to him why it's okay. And you won't get in trouble. We'll send a note and some stickers. <laughs> a doctor's excuse from us. I will forge it on a prescription pad, which I have stole from a real life doctor. I will forge on it that you are allowed to wear this shirt to work it is an emotional support shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. Uh, join us next week as we talk about all this. Uh, we're as we enter what I can only describe as a squatchtastic voyage. Um, as we all join the Foot Clan. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one, and I appreciate I appreciate that one a lot. Let's take a moment to enjoy that joke. Um, All right, Uh, if that if there's nothing else, boys and ghouls for the Halloween is forever crew. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. We'll see you next time, boy. Bye. Bye.